Episode 45 is dropping. We're five episodes away from 50, which is incredible. And today is going incredibly deep. And the title for this is Overcoming Sex and Porn Addiction and Infidelity by the Groom on a Bachelor Party. Yeah, we're going there, guys. We are going deep. So I've got an anonymous guest today for the reasons that it is a pretty private and super vulnerable conversation about his experiences and challenges with porn and sex addiction and cheating on his fiance at his bachelor party a week ago. And yeah, it's we connected while in Bali at a men's group and he shared this incredible vulnerable situation that I think many, many men and also women go through with porn addiction because it's just always right there. We talk about how in the past, quote unquote, when we were young, you would have to like, you know, get a Playboy magazine somewhere. And that was pretty much the extent of it. Now we're walking around with porn in our pockets or on the street, just kind of like basically, um, Basically, we're in Bali here, and he says there's porn everywhere, walking down the street, girls wearing literally nothing, and it's so hard, especially if you're in a committed relationship, not to have wandering eyes, and he talks about how him and his fiance, after talking about what he did on his bachelor party, talked about opening up the relationship to kind of outsource the physicalness of their intimacy with other partners, so we go into the option of open relationships, so this is just like a whole can of worms that is super, super interesting and real. I think that there's many people that struggle with this. I was at a men's conference or men's retreat about five years ago. Uh, It was a personal development retreat, but one of the speakers they brought in was a, a basically porn addiction specialist, a coach from Australia named Matt Fraud. And everyone was kind of sharing their struggles with porn which was really interesting because this was like a spiritual, like actually actually like uh, through my church retreat. And they brought this in as one of the topics that I guess a lot of people are challenge- having challenges with. But in this episode, you're going to hear just two guys sharing their experiences with relationships. Um, and there are resources. If you are someone who struggles with this, you might want to check out SAA, Sex Addicts Anonymous, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. They have good support groups as well as a option is to put some blocks on your computer to block certain websites. So we get into some options as well as far as overcoming uh, the temptation because your brain is literally like a heroin addict getting these dopamine hits from the release and stimulus that this world offers. So without further ado, uh, we're going to get into the content here. Quick word from our intro and some content sponsors of the podcast and then enjoy the episode with relationships episode part three of our mini valentine's day segment here i'm quentin carlin and welcome to the self-developed life podcast the ultimate personal and professional development coaching consulting and counseling show where I interview industry experts to help you upgrade and optimize your limitless health, wealth, and lifestyle. Here we dive into a variety of topics such as fitness, finances, faith, family, relationships, dating, divorce, biohacking, business, investing, mindset, meditation, minimalism, religion, spirituality, and success secrets, and many other life hacking tips techniques, and tools to help educate, inspire, and empower you to live your most self-developed life possible. So if you're interested in any of those topics, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast and YouTube channel where all these episodes are also filmed and uploaded. Before we get started, I want to give a special shout out to the show sponsors and give you access to some limited time, really awesome bonus announcements to upgrade your fitness and finances. You can access all these tools and other resources. I'll continually add an update on the show website at www.selfdevelopedlife.com along with my other social media accounts. So you can reach out and follow me. I'd love to connect with you. So go ahead and do that. Announcement number one. 
the world famous 30 day no alcohol challenge is now an official SDL show sponsor, which is amazing because this massive online community-driven program has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, CNN, that my friend James Swanwick, who is an ex-ESPN sports announcer, created. Look, I took this challenge two years ago, 2017 in January, and I committed that I would stop drinking for 30 days. And I felt so good and was so productive that I kept it going, and it's been two years. I'm not saying that I haven't had a drink in those two years, but I've been 100% sober and hangover free, and it's been amazing. So if you're looking to cut back on your drinking and save money on those expensive bar tabs and have your liver and wallet thank you, go to www.30daynoalcoholchallenge.com forward slash Quinton, or simply click the link below in the show notes. And when you enroll, DM me a screenshot on either my Instagram or Facebook account. And I'm going to give you an extra bonus where I'm going to be your sponsor and mentor for that month. That's right. I'm offering a free one-on-one coaching with you to help support you as you take this life-changing program. Because basically, I want as many people as possible to benefit from it. Um, So use my special link below. And begin your 30-day sobriety detox cleanse now. I'd be honored to support you. For more information on that, go back and listen to episode 32, 33, and 34 to hear James's incredible story and the thousands of other people who have already taken this 30-day no-alcohol challenge and can create your supportive environment to keep you accountable and help you navigate how to date and be social and go out and not drink. It's amazing. So that's Announcement number one. Announcement number two, now that you have all this free time that you're sober for the next month, uh, maybe the first time in months or decades you've ever done that, what are you now going to do with all of your newfound spare time? Well, how about do something productive, like start a side hustle online business? And it's never been easier since I've been involved in the e-commerce space since 2007 and have seen countless business models and systems. I got to say, I've never seen one that's gotten the incredible results that one website template has. That is ClickFunnels. Guys, it's massive. If you want to convert your traffic into paying customers, go get your number uh, $1 account trial set up in the link below or on selfdeveloplife.com. And go ahead and check out episode 39 for an overview on how Thousands of people just like you are using this easy-to-use software to sell anything to anyone online. All right. And lastly, announcement number three, I have a 90-day health and wealth coaching challenge for you. I've used the same e-commerce system that I mentioned previously to start a business selling the number one selling CBD essential oil in the industry that is actually farmed out of the U.S., So if you suffer from any anxiety, depression, joint pain, insomnia, or even cancer or any other serious ailments, this natural medical breakthrough alternative is exactly what you need. And as a listener, I can even hook you up with a free sample bottle by doing these two things in this limited time giveaway. Number one, go leave a five-star review and comment ranking on iTunes right now about just saying what you enjoy about this podcast. Is it the guests? Is it the inspiration you get? Anything. Just leave a simple, short comment and screenshot that and DM me on uh, Instagram or Facebook, and I will choose a random winner each month. Number two, go ahead and take the 90 Day CBD Challenge free tour that is in the show notes below or on the selfdevelopedlife.com site. And also listen to episode number 33, 36, and or sorry, 35, 36, and 37, where I have doctors and specialists sharing info that will blow your mind about the health benefits of this. Look, like this is an amazing opportunity, both health-wise and this might be something that you want to be start promoting on your side business. Uh, Because this is not the gold rush, it's the green rush of the booming CBD legalized hemp industry. And no, you don't get high off this. This is medicinal. It's not recreational. And as I said, I don't drink and I don't do drugs. I just see this as an incredibly rare opportunity for you 
to get on to the ground floor of this brand new market. It's kind of like finding out about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency early, just like I did when I found Ethereum that was like $14 and it peaked at $1,500. It was amazing. So speaking of that, um, I also have a Bitcoin and crypto course that you can go and download now. It's everything that I've learned, resources, safety, storage, everything you need to know if you want to get involved investing in the crypto industry. And that is along with my new book coming out called Money Hacks. It's a video course and ebook that talks about 25 different ways for you to make more money and save more money. This is what they should be teaching people in school, but unfortunately they don't. So I'm teaching you this here on my site. So to wrap this up, if any of these announcements and resources sound interesting and appealing to you and you want some more info, feel free to book a free one-on-one 45-minute coaching and consulting call with me where we can talk about anything and everything you want. And this is just a way for me to kind of give back and get to know my listeners. Like I love so much. I'm so uh, grateful and humble that you're sharing and supporting this show. Um, So I want to give back. So I've got my calendar schedule uh, below. Book a time and I'll give you a call. And that's that. So thanks again for sharing the show. If you haven't shared it with a friend, just go ahead and copy this link and send it out to a couple people or take a screenshot of it and post it on your Instagram. I'm really trying to get more listeners here and promote what we're doing and all the amazing guests that we have on. And speaking of amazing guests, we've got an incredible lineup of shows coming down. So make sure you keep tuning in. So that is it for the business and pleasure is now out of the way. So let's start with today's conversation. All right. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of the podcast. And we are doing something a little different today, uh, a topic that I haven't covered yet, but it's a topic that I think a lot of people around the world struggle with and don't really talk about. And this is a platform to kind of go deep into conversations or that might be uncomfortable and kind of awkward, but necessary. And I met my friend John here at a men's group. If you've been following me on Instagram or following on social media, you can see that I've been going to a month or a weekly men's group meetup here in Changu, Bali. It's been so, so powerful. And one of the things I really missed about living in South Korea is just like community and connection and conversations that are just deeper than the surface level stuff like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, great, everything's great, blah, 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 blah this men's group goes deep into just real life situation and real guys dealing with real challenges. Um, And one of them that came up on this past Monday's episode was John was his first time coming to the group and he was just so open and authentic about what's going on in his life. And the topic kind of went into porn addiction, love addiction, sex addiction, and all these kind of relationship uh, challenges that people in longer term relationships might get kind of not sick and tired of, but kind of bored of the same routine in their physical and intimate relationships and looking to kind of open things up or spice things up and looking for other means to do so. So John, thanks so much, A, for coming on and being vulnerable enough to share your story and your struggles. And hopefully it'll really speak to a lot of other people out there that are having similar challenges, but don't have the space to connect and share about that. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So uh, if you want to kind of share a bit about your background, you know, who you are, what you're doing, why you're here, and then we can kind of get into the, uh, the content. Yes, who am I? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm still learning, but... Uh, we all are, man. Yeah. I, um, I spent a good deal of my life chasing the dream of being a rock star, and I uh, followed that for a while and then had several jobs, ended up on a miserable one working for a tugboat company moving oil. and. Uh, it, that was when my life really, I think, went out of balance. Uh, I was married uh, briefly and, and just found that, you know, the same pattern would, would kind of transpire where um, before marriage, you know, it was like I was always hooking up with people. I started looking at porn really young, 12 years old. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's a number of you out there that may have swiped a swiped a skin mag from the Barnes and Noble rack and went and checked it out in the bathroom when you were young when they still had those. That was me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, 
I started looking at this stuff really young when the when the internet was like, you know, we're waiting for the clips to load in the basement and dial up internet. And I think what happened eventually because of all that um, stimulus in my formative years, it kind of wired me to be um, a sex addict and to look at women not as human beings, but as like uh, something to be objectified, used and thrown away. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, my, my relationship history has been a series of just um, kind of like fuckboy chapters, if you will, and uh, hooking up, doing the deed, and then either ignoring or moving on and finding something else because, you know, when you're, when you're addicted to pornography, you're, you're just completely blasted with all of this variety of like body types, skin colors, uh, uh, facial features, everything you can think of is out there. And you, it, it, it kind of, for me anyway, it turned me into like, oh, I need to bring that into my life. Like, I need to bring that into reality. I need to find women to, to act these scenes out that I like and make that make that my life uh, and I was really unaware of it you know I just thought that maybe I was a sex addict mm -hmm. um, but I didn't realize that porn was something addictive because you know we go through life where you hang out with your bros or your buddies and people are like oh everybody looks at porn you know if you don't use it you lose it you know it's good for your prostate all that stuff to, to, to fap one out and and kind of it's normal you know and, and there's actually a lot of arguments between uh, in, the, in the psychological and neurochemical communities about um, whether that is like legitimate or not, but you know, over the last year um, after I was divorced and went feral and had a bunch of flings, I, I met a woman I really care about um, and that I wanted something long term with. Um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's like in the middle of the hookups. A lot of times, you kind of get this void that you're you are aware of all of a sudden, and you're like, wow, this is getting boring. This is getting old. Where's the, where's the substance? You know, right. Uh, so I, I found that, and uh, the relationship was perfect. It was beautiful. You know, I was still looking at porn on the side, and you know, there was a lot of good chemistry on all three levels: intellectual, uh, uh, intellectual, uh, spiritual, and physical, of course. And uh, after a while, it uh, just started to taper off with the desire for the bedroom and things. And I was wondering, like, there's a lot of questions in my mind. Like, I started reading books, like. Uh, things in the vein of a sex at dawn, you know, where he covers topics like, um, are humans really wired for monogamy? And well, in the book, mm -hmm. it pretty much goes to say that science says no, really, right. according to, to animals. But, um, but yeah, so this has been like kind of a journey the last, uh, year with my, with my lovely girlfriend. And, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely tough. If you're thinking about kicking the habit and getting your, getting Greek control of your life again, uh, doing a reboot with a partner is really, uh, challenging um, and I'm hoping that in this conversation we can kind of uncover some of that so. yeah no absolutely I mean doing research the last couple of days leading up to this after we kind of talked about doing this episode together I found a number of high-profile like celebrities yeah. that have come out saying that they have struggled with this and it's just something that's not really mainstream but it's kind of like this taboo um, shameful uh, addiction that I think so many people and not just men you know like I've actually talked with women who have similar uh, challenges around it uh, especially interfering with their ability to be satisfied with their partner because what porn does it creates these unrealistic scenarios and situations that you're like oh well it goes so extreme yeah. and the thing with porn is that what might have started with a Playboy magazine now ends up in some deep, dark, twisted kind of fetish that is now the only thing can kind of keep your attention because it just kind of triggers your neuro uh, chemistry into wanting more and more and deeper and more kind of uh, extreme scenarios, you know? And that's why the internet is what it is in yeah. this, you know, uh, in, that, in that niche of, of porn. And that's why it's like a multi-billion dollar industry as well because it feeds off that dopamine hit that you mentioned and that constant stimulus for wanting just that rush of adrenaline and, and, yeah. and release and everything. So I think that everyone can, can relate on some level and also has probably had challenges in their own intimate relationships, especially if it's the long term because the longer you're with the same partner, as a lot of guys have shared, um, in, in a group that, you know, and just in general, like, you know, a lot of my friends that are in long-term marriages or relationships, 
the sex kind of just goes down you yeah. know it's just normal that you're just always constantly around the same person and living together and dealing with the stresses of a family and career you're not really as active as you were maybe in the honeymoon phase so i think that's yeah. when a lot of people kind of reach out for other methods of stimulation getting that fixed yeah yeah what you were talking about earlier is yeah it's, it's an escalation thing you know back in the day porn was pretty much like a playboy on the screen you know it was mostly right. stills and the video clips were really bad but you know now with like high quality hd streaming porn you don't have a chance i mean it's the same model uh, that a heroin addict yeah. goes through it's exactly the same because you're getting dopamine your brain goes "Ooh, i like this let's do it again and the more you do that, the more you're overloading these circuits and turning yourself on and, and turning yourself into this like animal. And with the association of those very powerful images, it's uh, it's it's really detrimental to 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 living a life that you have control over because you know it's an addiction that's so easy to fall into because your computer's right there. Everywhere. You don't have to go find the drug. You don't have to go anything. It's all right there. It's so free. It's totally free. You know, and it's twenty four seven one click away and uh, just thinking about my first experience with it I, I'll never forget I was at a sleepover with my my friend at like it would have been elementary school and yeah. so I would have probably been in grade six yeah. five or six and I remember my friend having a VHS tape that he oh. found <laughs> I remember those was VHS tapes uh. of his parents and I'll never forget it was like this sauna scene there's like this couple in a sonnet just like going to town on each other. And I was just like, it was the first time I've ever seen anything like that. And I was just like, hardcore, you know. Did it make you feel kind of sick when you saw it? Actually, I think that the first, that was the first video I ever saw. Yeah. But the first, I think, image I saw was these posters, those bikini posters oh, in like yeah, Walmart yeah. and yeah. like Zellers that were like these girls and I would always just go back when we went, everyone went shopping, I would go and look at like these posters and like, you know, it'd be like Star Wars, Michael Jordan, and then like Pamela, Pamela Anderson. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. So, and then from there, a friend of mine got this deck of playing cards. Oh yeah, the remember cards, those? I the do remember cards. <laughs> So, and we hid them in like this ravine. So we would go to this, we would, we would take our bikes. <laughs> I, it's crazy that I remember this, we would take our bikes we would bike to this ravine and we kept them in a plastic bag like under like this cave of shrubs and then we would just sit there and then we would just like play cards with these yeah, naked women on them. And then, so it went from that to my other friend keeping a Playboy in his like heater or like furnace system in his room. <laughs> and then, uh, it's so funny, I haven't thought of this in like decades. And then the video. So those are like my three progressions. And then yeah. from the video, I was just like, when it's live in motion like that, it's just like on a whole nother level. It really is. I, I can remember the first time that I saw like my first live action porn. It was, uh, I was on a trip to Norway when I was like 13 years old. And we stayed in this hotel and they had, they have dirty channels in the hotels on, in, uh, in I just remembered another story <laughs> after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh. I can remember exactly how when my, my folks went out, I was like, I, I clicked through the channels like while my dad was like getting ready in the morning or something, and I like they went out. I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna hang back, you know, I'll meet you down there. And uh, it was a, a Nikki Tyler scene. I don't know if you remember Nikki Tyler, but it was this office scene, and I just remember like the sounds of the bodies slapping together and all of the imagery and like seeing everything happen. Like I literally felt nauseous, but I couldn't look away. Mm. And it was, it was just, I just remember being overloaded by that. And uh, and yeah, throughout the whole day, I felt sick to my stomach, like, but I couldn't, th couldn't think of anything else. And I mean, that was probably when I was hooked and like, you know, and then you've got like the onset of like, Kazaa and all the, the download apps from the 90s and early mm. 2000s. And yeah, I mean, I just remember having such a crazy spank folder. <laughs> that was hidden deep in like registries on my parents' computers and stuff. It's going to town, but. Yeah, I, that, that reminded me, I went on a basketball trip in high school in grade 10. There's like 14 teenage boys in a hotel room together. Like we all had separate rooms where we all gathered in one room and we watched Showgirls. Oh that was like yeah, this, yeah, like, yeah, Saved by the Bell Girl. Yeah, yeah, and I remember it was so embarrassing because when we went to check out of this hotel room and our coach was there and then the hotel manager was like, 
you guys have like a $200 bill for showgirls. Oh my God. And because we just had them all going in all the rooms, you know, like we were all just like <laughs> repeatedly watching showgirls. And our, our high school basketball coach just went freaking ballistic. Oh, I believe it. And it was funny because, like, right after that, two of our guys got caught smoking weed in the bathroom. Oh, no. So our coach, he was like this, his name was Mancini. I'll never forget him. He's like this, like, European dude. And he just went fucking ape shit on us. <laughs> and he threatened to, like, tell all of our parents. Oh, oh shit. It uh -oh. just went under. Yeah, your computer's going to crash. Oh, no, it's because of the... Uh, Internet the internet went off well i'm glad that we have this one so yeah, rolling cool. um so we're gonna keep rolling here guys and i'm if you're watching this i'm recording on my laptop as well and i always do double just in case something like this does happen so we're gonna just keep going here so that was showgirls um and yeah that was it was a pretty intense uh, introduction to the world of porn and have you talked to other guys like friends of yours around this before you kind of shared because you kind of came out and you just shared right away yeah. and it was just so open and awesome because so many people could connect and relate to that yeah I, I'm, I'm usually pretty transparent with my friends I have a really hard time keeping keeping things close to the chest especially like if it's something that's uh, oh something that causes me anxiety or whatever like I've always been really good at uh, just letting it out but yeah I've talked to some friends and you know some guys here that I've connected with and um, I think it takes a certain level of awareness to even acknowledge that you have a problem uh, or a challenge let's say I don't really like to use the word problem because it kind of creates this uh, stigma in your mind about yourself but uh, like there's a lot of guys that are challenged with it uh, there's some really great resources online and you know, I, I feel like I'm claiming to be an expert on this. I, I have no neuro neuroscience background. I have no degree. I'm just an average Joe Fapp mm -hmm. um, that's going no Fapp. So I, I heard about this movement actually from my girlfriend. She actually steered me towards these resources of uh, nofap.com, fight the new drug. Um, there's all these great outlets for uh, resource material where there's a lot of guys that are on there asking for help, sharing stories, sharing t uh, tips for how to conquer uh, your addiction and uh, you know updating with uh, what's called the reboot process, which is where you, you take a 90-day no porn, no masturbation challenge wow. and you essentially you're trying to reset those dopamine circuits in your brain mm. and kind of come out the other side um, as if you've control-alt-deleted your... Um, uh, your your jerk problem, if you are challenge, if you want to call it, and uh, so I, I I started doing that. I'll just share kind of my reboot story. So um, it was actually we were living together, and my current girlfriend, and uh, we were staying in in Canada uh, for a month, and you know the intimacy was bad. She was feeling unwanted. She was feeling undesirable. Uh, really, like her self-esteem was tanking. And this is not like your typical woman. This is like like girl. She's not a girl. She's a woman. She's a lady. She's very self-assured. She's always been very confident, very mature for her age, mm -hmm. and very um, very self-aware. And you know, for her to feel like that, it was uh, was really uh, painful to see that I had created that. You know. Uh, because I was just so involved with this. So like, finally, we realized I had a problem. I started reading a book called Your Brain on Porn, and that kind of became mm. my Bible. It was like, um, anytime I felt like I was having problems with like the residual imagery from watching so many years of porn, mm -hmm. I would go and read the book. And there mm -hmm. were like testimonials. There was all this scientific stuff that was easy to digest for someone who doesn't have a science background. And uh, really uh, kept me moving forward, you know. I, so I, I started my porn fast and well my porn reset or I gave it up mm -hmm. July 7th of 2018 and um, uh, the first few weeks were just such a struggle because you know you're not getting that fix anymore and your brain is just it's it really wants to kill you mm -hmm. it's like I need this like what are you doing to me like you know it's uh, uh, it's it's a powerful thing so uh, after 90 days uh, like I said, we ended up in Canada and it was still not getting better because what ends up happening when you reset your libido like the, or your, your dopamine receptors like this, um, you're, you have a physiological response too. Uh, mm. Because you're so turned on at these high sustained levels of dopamine, um, it, it does this oversensitization um, 
and desensitization at the same time. So you're always turned on mm. looking at all this porn, mm. and then that's the only thing that can really get you aroused. Right. Uh, so when the time comes to actually be with a real partner, your body doesn't respond. So when you do a reboot, you get something called like libido death or a flat line. Mm. Your dick doesn't work. Wow. Like it won't respond, and you won't want sex. And that was also something that was really bad for uh, rebooting while engaged in a serious relationship is that there was a lot of like, I would just get really tired. I wasn't in the mood. I really wasn't even trying to think about sex, you mm -hmm. know, because like, I just took a huge part of my life and sexual input out of myself. So um, that took a long time to get straightened out. So I did, I did the first 90 days and I still, I thought everything was gonna be fine after 90 days. Well, it wasn't. So when we were in Canada, we decided to do something that Terry Crews I saw mentioned, like he's actually come out to say that he's had a, a sex addiction problem and he and his wife were on video talking about how they did this thing called a sex fast mm. where they took sex out of the equation for 60 to 90 days mm. and they reset their own relationship building a better foundation built on like communication and right. emotional uh, and all of these different uh, anything that was not sex they built a stronger connection that way right uh, so we tried that too we did 60 days of that and um, there was a lot more desire. Um, we, we we didn't have sex, but we did fool around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it was just when it was really bad because you know when you take that out of the equation, of course, what you don't have, you or you know you can't have, you want. Yeah. So, uh, so we did that, and it still it was better for a little while. Um, but I think that you know twenty years plus of of porn just really wired me to like really want this variety so now the problem was like this woman that i'd been totally focused on i was now like starting to like look at other women right and you know if you come to bali in the middle of a reboot that's like almost a kiss of death i mean there's no modesty here it's just it's yeah. like there's pornos porn stars walking around i mean that's what you think anyway being an addict so you know it's like you just said it's porn in real life when we were having breakfast together here. You're like, this is like porn in real life. Yeah, all these girls. Just like yeah, like rice patties behind us, nothing really happening. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but oh, we're on the beach and it's a whole different scene. It's true. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge, but I, I feel like it's been almost six, seven months now of not having any kind of like virtual porn stimulus. And mm. I feel like now I'm actually starting to feel normal again. Because it's going to be different for everyone. Some guys that don't have a serious problem will mm -hmm. reset pretty quickly, whereas someone like me, who's like almost a lifer, will be, uh, you know, take take a number a number of months to, to get through it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the uh, that's the thing. And if you want to kind of transition into, if you're open to sharing what you and your partner have talked about as far as potential solutions for creating, yeah environments to have maybe an opener opening up in a relationship or a marriage and she's not your girlfriend anymore she's your fiance yeah it's true and uh you share some pretty uh you know just real stuff that happened recently and if you want to go into some of that or not or i'll i'll, I'll go into some of it yeah, yeah. um so the, the problem now was uh, that she noticed that she she's very observant noticed that you know my focus is or has had been on um just all the other women around here and then when it came time to be just her and I she felt like sexual leftovers because I'm giving all my energy mentally towards you know these other other figures walking around and uh, you know we uh, we talked about a few times having an open relationship because uh, her intuition was saying you know I feel like maybe you need more than just me you know so what do you think about an open relationship and it's a really interesting uh, subject because I think every guy wants to have like a harem yeah. Somewhere in their brain, they're like, "Oh, that'd be great," you know, to have just this an-ending supply of women, and then, but that at the same, by the same token, they don't want their woman yeah. doing the same thing. So there's like this stupid double standard that happens, which is one of the things I really dislike about being human. It's that whole ego thing, yeah. you know. So we had this talk, and um, you know, I'm. She's like, I don't really feel like I need to do that, you know, but it's unfair, you know, that you would have all these opportunities and I would not. So I was always kind of like avoiding that because I didn't, you know, I didn't even know if I wanted to do it, you know, because right. like I'm in love with this person. I see this stuff, but like I had two selves at one time that were like, oh, we want to go and, and fuck around. And the other one's like, no, I'm I'm in love and I'm loyal. And, you know, I, I want to just have a monogamous, stable, uh, you know, a very 
uh, build a life with somebody, right? And um, so we had this talk a few times and it just, it wasn't getting better. And finally, she just didn't give me an option. She said, we're gonna open this up and uh, you know, we're, maybe we should just outsource the physical component of our relationship because we have a really good connection um, elsewhere. So, uh, so we, we tried to do that and um, you know, I made a really horrible mistake uh, last weekend where um, I, I definitely went out with the intention of, of seeing if that's what I needed. Like I wanted to just see if like an open relationship, having another partner was, was what I needed because I didn't know, you know, it's like, why am I looking around when I know what I've got is like this perfect and ideal woman? Like, mm -hmm. Do I need that? And, you know, of course the policy was like, you know, I don't want to know fine you know if you got to do that that's fine I'm gonna do it too I was like fine I submit let's do it so um, I, I experimented and I tried it out and I literally discussed it with myself and uh, like today has been just an awful day for me in terms of like internal feelings you know I'm full of anxiety and I feel just more and more regret as the day goes on and I can only imagine that it's even worse for her because um, you just told her last night correct well, I, I have a problem with like not trying to make something that I've done my fault. Mm. Like I don't I think a lot of people have that. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like, it's like I tell a version of the truth, but it's kind of, uh, spun to where it kind of favors my perspective, mm. you know, mm -hmm. like it's hard for me to just say, babe, I fucked up. Yeah. Like I did this like this exactly as it happened without, you know, going, oh, well, it kind of happened like this and it, you know, it happened to me, you know, I didn't put the effort in to make it happen, which just isn't true. Mm -hmm. Like, of course there was alcohol involved and all of that. And that does have an effect on inhibition and judgment, but you know, it was almost like I had my real self, which is this very wholesome and nurturing and caring person, uh, who's in love with this woman being drug along by this animal brain that was like, no, you need to leave this that way. Mm. Um, and just the self-analysis the last couple of days has just been really fucked up and uncomfortable. And, um, you know, I'm, right now it's not, it's unclear if it's going to survive. You know, I, I really hope that it does um, because I really feel like making that mistake and putting myself in such a terrible position to uh, hurt her and break her trust um, opened up my eyes and the fucked up part is like it had to get to this point to where I was like my two selves of the uh, fuck boy and the wholesome self it's like they finally merged because of this and I really feel solid knowing now that like I know what I want it's right in front of me it's always been here and I'm, I'm really upset that I had to go that route to uh, figure that out so that's been that's been my day that's been my day, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a pretty heavy scenario, and I just want to acknowledge you for coming out and sharing that because a lot of people, especially with it just being so brand new and fresh and raw, to really kind of create a space for sharing that is pretty... I hope that that creates some therapeutic healing for you to just share that openly. But I think the one thing that you mentioned earlier that would really be, as you said, if her actions mirrored yours as she kind of mentioned that now she kind of wants to try it well and no, she, she does because she's upset yeah and i think that's totally fair you know like i deserve that and you know i'm, I'm a little bit apprehensive about what that's going to do to the connection right um I, I really hope that we can move through that uh, but yeah i mean if you do have a partner out there and you are struggling with porn addiction the best thing you can do is just pull the band-aid off own it like I didn't, she had to pull all this stuff out of me. Like I'm not, I'm not the great communicator that I thought that I was, you know, like she had to pull all this information out of me based on a, a suspicion, like and her feeling crazy for so long and when it was all my fault. And so, you know, if you do have a problem, fucking be a man about it, pull her aside and say, this is what's up. This is why I've been like this. This is uh, a real thing. I want to educate you on this. Let's educate together and move through it together, you know, uh, and, and really have that dialogue. It's, it's going to be really uncomfortable. There's probably going to be a lot of, a lot of pain and tears and all that stuff that, that comes out with it. But, uh, 
it's the, really the best thing that you can do. And I've actually got a, a, an article on Medium about seven things you can do uh, when rebooting with a partner. Um, and it kind of goes about, you know, like, for me, when I hurt somebody, my my initial reaction is to overcompensate with like mm. grand gestures and things like that. You don't want to do things like that. Right. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, yeah, that's really powerful and we'll definitely have that article in your blog link below here for people to kind of learn more about what you went through. Um, I had a really interesting conversation a few days ago with the woman I met here that was is in an open relationship and oh, wow. yeah she uh we had a really intense like just open conversation about what it's been like for her and she was just saying how she's been living with her boyfriend for three years and they have this agreement basically that if they are interested or attracted and they have a connection with someone else to pursue that and I was just like, and you guys live together? Like, how does that work? Like, he might just not come home sometimes, you don't come home sometimes, and she's here in Bali, and, you know. And I was just, like, really interested in it because I have not really gone that route as far as I've read a book called The Truth. Mm. I've mentioned it a few times on this podcast by Neil Strauss called The, Uncon the Unconventional Truth oh. About Relationships. And he's the same guy that wrote The Game, Oh, yeah, he turned Most out to be stuff. a crazy sex addict. I read the game. That was yeah, probably yeah. part of my part of my problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I read that book. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it's interesting. I actually never read the game, but I read the truth. And that mm. was just like this whole deep dive into yeah. sex addiction, polyamorous relationships, open relationships, um, cheating, just a barrage of just really relationship experimentation basically and uh, and so I've always been interested in learning more about those and my ex-girlfriend actually that I'm gonna be recording in a podcast with her about she's uh, from Poland she's European and she facilitates all these like Burning Man uh, okay. she has a program a workshop called Intimacy Fest mm. and she's been in an open marriage and I want to actually learn more about what that looks like because like you said the ego is a powerful thing, and if you know that your wife is out getting smashed by some dude at Burning, yeah, at Burning Man, it sounds or some, really bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because as men, you know, it's like we like to kind of covet and possess and protect our, our, you know, our, our family, our women, our children, all that stuff. And you think about that, and it's really painful. But there's also an alternative to an open relationship. Um, there's also um, swingers. I mean, yeah, that's uh, something that I recently was learning about just because you're taking two closed systems and creating one larger open system mm -hmm. so it's like a tit for tat and it's more like two couples double dating each other in a sense um, yeah also an interesting thing so yeah i don't know about open relationships i i, I think that i'm definitely not wired that way yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i have definitely uh not really had many long-term relationships like that's just been that's one thing that i feel that i've been very aware of of my time span i'll be with someone for a short period of time and then like you said i get kind of bored yeah and then want to move on to the next one the next one the next one and it's like this ongoing rotation of musical chairs mm -hmm. so is that the healthiest or the most wholesome thing who's to say yeah. but at the same time, it's kind of funny because I find myself sometimes envying my friends that I think are in healthy, happy relationships, and then I have conversations with them, and then find out to hear that they envious my lifestyle of more freedom and flexibility and dating and uh, change. So it's kind of like we talked about at brunch today, like the grass is always greener. Yeah. And I think what's really powerful is when you get people together and have them share about their pros and cons of their situations, you realize that there's no perfect cookie cutter situation no one is really a hundred percent happy a hundred percent of the time no 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 i mean the, the only thing you can really do is just make what you have perfect it's like i mean if you can remember when you were dating if you are with someone you remember like the void you know and the void that you're always trying to fill to fill up and it doesn't and it's uh something that we spoke about it was along the lines of like sure i could cycle people out you know every you know couple weeks or months or what have you um, and there would be a certain level of fulfillment but when you're with somebody long term 
over the long uh, the long game of that is you have an overall sense of gratification and satisfaction that is greater than the sum of all these different parts and pieces you know because right. there's a continuing story you know i mean it really depends on the chemistry i think a lot of people get together for the wrong reasons mm -hmm. um, there's a joe rogan podcast where he talks about this and he's talking about uh how when you hook up with a girl you know she becomes your drug dealer like, oh wow, she, that's an interesting she gives perspective. You sex and she becomes your drug dealer, so you're with her because you want that fix. You're not with her because you want anything about her. Uh, it was just a really interesting topic. Uh, he was, doing, I can't remember who he was interviewing, but it was a stand-up comic or something. Yeah, that's a very interesting perspective <clears throat> that uh, I haven't heard it put that way before, but there is definitely some uh, some truth to that. So. Um, we have touched on the porn addiction, we've touched on the relationship challenges, we've talked about the opening and different kind of structures around marriages or connections and sexuality. Is there anything else that we should kind of brush on here before we kind of close up? Anything that you want to kind of personally resources? I'll actually share something I just remembered actually. I shared this on, uh, on Monday night at the men's group meeting when this was brought up that a number of years ago, I remember that I went to, when I was back in Canada, I went to a men's retreat. It was like a retreat for like, I think it was two days, mm -hmm. one or two days. And it was uh, really, really powerful. It was probably about 300, no, probably more than that, probably about 500 men there. And they were bringing in all these speakers. And one of the speakers, his name was Matt Freud, or Fraud, Matt Fraud, an Australian uh, porn addiction specialist and he was a very very well-spoken guy about all the negative impacts that porn has on like as you mentioned earlier your mind but also your relationship that creates these unsustainable and unfulfillable uh, fantasies that yeah. guys think that should be happening in their relationship that obviously is just fan it's just fake you it know like exist. it doesn't exist so but you're getting programmed to think that hey everyone else is having these crazy experiences yeah. but in reality it's not these are like paid professionals yeah like that's their job you know that's their job and i think a lot of guys have insecurity around that when you do see a guy with like a monster dong <laughs> you know like and they're just like oh well if 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 i can't measure up to that then my partner's not going to be satisfied or something. And there's a lot of talk about... That's not true. I mean, there, there's a lot of talk about men feeling um, kind of overwhelmed or insecure and just addicted to the, those dopamine hits. So I would suggest Matt Freud, if people are wanting to kind of look into somebody who is, you know, working in the space of, of porn addiction, that was really interesting. And then my personal experience when... I stopped drinking a couple years ago. Uh, I, it wasn't hard at all, actually. It was quite an easy process. But I wanted to kind of find more people that were also not drinking. Mm -hmm. So I actually went to an AA meeting and, and back in Vancouver. And that was really interesting because the whole premise of that was connecting with other people that were just not going out but not drinking. So that was interesting, which also led me a lot of guys that were going to that meeting were also going to SAA, Sex Addiction yeah. Anonymous. So I went to uh, a meetup for, I guess, sex addicts. And it was pretty interesting, just a variety of people and just guys and girls together sharing their struggles around either porn or sex or love addiction, codependency. Mm -hmm, yeah. And that's like a huge thing that affects so many relationships that people aren't even really aware of the the uh, process with that so I guess a good way to wrap this up is if you do see some patterns or acting out that you think is potentially problematic that's hindering your mental or physical uncontrollability of you know just constantly going back to it like a, an addict I guess you know there's resources there so if you want to check out some support groups you mentioned a few in the beginning of this that yep. there is a lot of people in literature and books and so on so it's just something that you shouldn't be ashamed of and that's what i think is a big part of this people feel ashamed around their sex or their love lives but it's just something that everyone is kind of secretly going through on a similar level on some level so 
uh, yeah, man, I just got to say, I, I really appreciate you coming out and this is going to hopefully help a lot of people and, and open up the door of, a of, uh, the closet that not a lot of people are willing to enter or talk about. So yeah, it's definitely a deeply personal thing, but, um, when you see that there are many more people out there that you can, that can relate to what you're going through, it really helps. Yeah. Um, especially, uh, just a YouTuber to men mention, his name is, uh, Porn Reboot. Okay. Um, and he does uh, counseling specifically for men that are going through this. Uh, awesome. And he's got some great videos. But um, cool. yeah, just uh, open up, get it out, and get it fixed. That's that, guys. So I appreciate you, John. Thanks so much yeah, for, for taking me. the time. And that was just a very uh, personal share. And I wish you and your fiance all the best with this uh, new chapter. And that people watching, that you can sort out your own situation through some of the resources that we shared and share this you know like I'm sure that this is something that could definitely help other people so if you got some value from this go ahead share it subscribe to the the channel here and we'll see you guys on the next one for another interesting conversation on self-developed life so until next episode thanks a lot peace from Bali and it's time to go hit the beach and hopefully not get triggered by the <laughs> real life porn walking around everywhere as you mentioned earlier so <laughs> put the blinders on yeah put these put these on all right, all right guys see ya well thanks so much for tuning in and listening to the end two quick things before you go uh, first, if you have not left a five-star review or a, a review comment on iTunes, please, please, please go do that. It really helps us get ranked in the search engines and just much appreciated. Thanks so much. And for doing that, I want to do something for you. Like I said in the beginning, I'm offering a free one-on-one -on -one coaching consulting call. So to claim that, just email me, quintincarlin at gmail.com, and we can set something up to chat. I'm just here to support and give back to uh, people who are wanting to implement these things that they're learning on these podcasts and level up their life. So go ahead, do that. Share this out. You know, tag me on Instagram, on Facebook. If you want to screenshot this episode, go ahead, share it. That would really, really mean the world to me. Absolutely. Have a great day and see you on the next episode. I'm not going to